What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, it's good to be back with you guys for We All Need Some Help Wednesday. The podcast today is going to be an incredible day. Uh, we have been dealing with a subject or a actual feature in, within the podcast, guys, uh, dealing with the story behind the brand. I am super convinced when we see mega brands reach uh, you know, superstar levels in terms of not only the revenue that they generate, but the impact that they make, it comes from someone's story. And oftentimes I believe that if you can really understand uh, a person's story, if you understand a business's story, quite frankly, if the brand is able to tell their story in a way that the messaging is really clear and succinct, it will always in increase profits. It will always increase impact. In a blog post uh, uh, written on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asked this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is that they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are wired to respond to stories. Uh, metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors and sights and smells and emotions, uh, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. Uh, today is going to be no different. Um, the story behind this brand is a phenomenal one. Uh, I met this brother here on Clubhouse. So as we are recording this podcast episode, we're doing it live on Clubhouse, uh, met this brother through a colleague of mine who actually works with us in the uh, MAPS Masterclass uh, Business Builder uh, Academy. And the truth of the matter is, is that he's phenomenal at what he does. Um, we actually grew up uh, in, in the same state, uh, obviously at different times. We didn't know each other then, but we do now. And he's making an incredible impact in the lives of the people that he get, does business with. He's the uh, producer of this podcast that you're listening to. Um, he has produced live shows for my company and for our business. He has connected with the leaders that I get to lead and uh, help them level up in ways that's been really exponential in terms of their growth in their business. He's uh, Chris Giles, aka DJ Mastermind. Yep, he's a DJ in real life, uh, but he does so much more than that. Chris, it is an absolute honor and pleasure, bro, to have you on the podcast that you produce. Welcome, my friend. Hey, hey, good morning. Appreciate you having me, man. This is uh, this is different. This is different being on the mic instead of behind the board, right? All facts. That's just, that's funny. So we're, bra we're dragging you out from behind the board. And uh, as a matter of fact, I need people to understand this podcast isn't possible, uh, not necessarily just because you produce it, but you actually produce the idea. I had no intention on doing a podcast. It wasn't even in my mind, at least not at that time. Um, and you told me something. This was months and months ago. Uh, you said, Coach, we're here on Clubhouse every single day of the week. Um, we're adding a crazy amount of value. What would it look like for us to record this, capture it, and then repurpose it as a podcast? And now you know me. That pushed my buttons because I'm all about repurposing content and it hadn't dawned on me that we could actually do that. Back in them days, and I'm, it's funny because it's less than a year, but it was several months ago, 
Clubhouse wasn't letting us be great in terms of giving us the tools in order to do that. So we had to do that on the back end. And uh, and then they started, you know, doing the things like making replays available and that sort of thing. But man, you are visionary. You are a person that sees things that people generally don't see. And you have an incredible way of drawing people in. Let's talk a little bit about Chris Giles, uh, the kid, how you grew up, um, the, the culture that you grew up in and through. And how has that informed your brand? Oh, yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, so I was born in uh, Camp Springs, Maryland. Dad was in the Air Force. Um, Mom worked on the Air Force Base. She's actually from Thailand. And uh, they met, uh, man, I was born on the Air Force Base, but growing up, I was only with both of them for a couple of years. And so um, moved to District Heights, Maryland, and basically lived two lives for a long time, man, where my dad was kind of, um, I would call him strict, but in, by some standards, he, he wasn't, but he was a loving dad. I lived with him, and then I would see my mom every day after school, and um, she was she was kind of saying I was one of five from her. I was my dad's only child. And so he was a little harder on me because he wanted, you know, the best for me. But with her, uh, she kind of let me get away with whatever. So I kind of had to play both sides of the fence to get uh, what what I needed on which side. So uh, starting out early, I kind of knew how to how to work people, how to <laughs> navigate the the people in my life, man. So that was that was crazy starting out. Chris, that's funny because um, you know back in the in, in you know I, I know your temperament, so you are a straight flamingo, a high eye on the disc assessment, and you know what we call as getting what we want. Other people would call manipulating, <laughs> for sure. I know that as a professional, particularly in the live music world. Um, you have to have you have to have the ability to connect with people. Um, how did that begin to inform uh, y- your brand? So talk to us and bring us up to speed. How did you get into uh, spinning records and DJing and doing parties and then weddings and different things like that? And and then let's talk about your journey, you know, even as a dad and as a husband and how all of that, I, I think from a value standpoint, I know your business model. Um, it absolutely plays. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. Music came in the house early. My mom loved music. She loved to party. Uh, my dad just loved to listen to music and chill. You know, he was playing Keith Sweat and, and Michael Jackson on the on the ta- on the tapes, man. You know, uh, back in the day. And so um, that's kind of how the music thing started. What was crazy? We moved to Virginia. My dad got married when I was about ten um, to his high school sweetheart, and so we we moved to Virginia and lived in Fredericksburg. Started going to a church there. And um, I got I, I saw the the sound booth and I was like yo I want to I want to learn that and so honestly it's funny I've been in the music production side since I was uh, either fourteen or sixteen man I got in that early um, because I love the music I love being a part of making uh, the experience happen and so that was kind of the beginning stages of that uh, when I was eighteen man uh, my dad loaned me some money to buy some speakers and some CD players and I started DJing parties um, funny. My wife now was, she hired me for the first party I ever DJed right before I got all that equipment. And, um, and so I always laugh cause that's, that's how I know she believed in me before it all. Cause she was like, Hey, let's, uh, won't you do this party for us? And this will be your, your breakout party. And so, uh, man, that's where it started. And that's what got me down that, that DJ production path, man. You know, it's funny, um, Chris, when you talk about DJing and production, you know, having been in radio in that industry, I've never, uh, you know, it's funny, they call radio DJs, or they did back in the day, uh, that term disc jockey. Um, We didn't spend records like the party DJs did. I promise you that. They are two different things. 
But what it did do is it exposed you to things that are really connected to that world. And I want to slowly bring people up to what you're doing today. But you start out just kind of doing parties and and that sort of stuff, spinning records. But now it's introducing you to uh, production, which is a whole different program. And then now live sound. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamics of production and how that's beginning to inform what it is that you do today? Yeah, man. Um, so like I said, start, that part started in the early church. And then as I got out, I I wanted to, I saw the musicians, right? I saw them on tour and it was like, I never, the DJ side of me was the flamingo wanting to be up front, right? Um, but one of the things on there is um, I'm high in my, uh, I'm high in my natural as a flamingo. But when I'm um, in the, in the workspace, I'm a little lower because I don't want to jump out there unless I know you. And so I wanted to be behind the board. And so I, I figured that once I got into that space, hey, how do I be that guy? I want to go on the tours and do all the stuff, but I don't care if people know me. I care if I make an impact and make it and make it happen. And so, man, years in, I just kept, you know, going to churches, volunteering. And I finally got to a church that was doing it at a high level. And so I got to learn how to run the digital boards. I got to learn how to do, you know, the camera ops and um, some of the directing behind the scenes. And honestly, by chance, um, I felt like God called me to move back to Maryland and, the reason that I thought wasn't the reason that we ended up there, but we got there. And on that trip, I ended up meeting some guys that I still work with to this day that literally called me and were like, Hey, we got this show in the middle of Baltimore. Um, the mayor's coming out and we just need the sound to work and we're booked. We don't know you. We don't know you, but we're hoping you, you do a good job. And, and that literally opened the door to me doing the live events, man. And um, working in DC for that minute, man, I've, I've done events with, multiple different presidents and senators and all these political, you know, heads. And it's like, to me, it was the, never will they ever know my name. Never will they ever be like, Oh, that was the guy. But on the resume and in the back end, I can see like, Hey, I played a part in that. I know that the sound was good or the thing happened because I got to be a part of it, man. So it's just a crazy experience. Gal, if y'all are just tuning in to this broadcast, maybe you're tuning in to the replay of the podcast. Maybe you're riding along uh, with somebody and you're listening to it in a car. Uh, but I'm talking to Chris Giles, a.k.a. DJ Mastermind. He is absolutely uh, a producer's producer, loves the background, but what he produces comes to the foreground on a regular basis. He does it for us as a company. Um, he does it for our show on Clubhouse Lessons Learned in Business. Um, I remember when you and Monty came to Maryland when we did Bootstrapping Your Way to Success Chris, that's the first time that you and I actually met in person. And so we had been working together prior to that, and we had never met physically. The opportunities that you get, man, um, the opportunities to meet people, um, how is it that you are able to leverage the connections that those opportunities create? <laughs> that's funny. The big, I mean, honestly, it's funny. The biggest thing for me is starting off by being myself, right? Being the personable guy, being the flamingo where people like me, right? And then I I give more than I take. And so I give so much and I do I do my best to outgive people that I'm in a space with because if I can give more than you and you know, selfishly down the line, I feel like when I come back to ask you for something, you shouldn't be able to say no. And I get it, people are people. Some people will say no, right? Um but it the fact is is that 
you'd feel bad about saying no to me because you're like, man, that dude did so much. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I walked into one of the opportunities now where, you know, we're launching a, a production company office down here in Charlotte um, for a company that I used to work for and a company I used to freelance for all off of. I said, hey, I'm down here. There's a company we, we should buy. Like we should go and have on it and buy this company. Um, and that that company wasn't a great company to buy. And they go, well, why don't we just open the office where you are and we'll fund the whole project. And we'll, we'll do that. And that's off of the strength of the relationship that we built. I was one of, you know, probably 10 or 15 people that left that company. And the fifth, other 14 of them are uh, in bad standings. They don't, they won't work together anymore. Like they talk very badly about those guys. And like, I'm the one that kept coming back because, you know, I didn't burn that bridge, you know? Yeah, man, I know. Um, I have always been an advocate, uh, you know, if you burn a bridge, you need to figure out a way to go back and repair it. And I get, you know, that there are people that, you know, think you should just move on and just forget that. I just am of the opinion that on some major, massive scale, we are all connected. And that somehow, some way, those mended relationships will do you better than the broken one. Let's stay right there, man. Let's talk about family a little bit. Um, you have beautiful children. You have a beautiful wife. You guys are creating something that's really, really impactful. How has your family dynamic kind of informed what you do publicly? Uh, that's man, that's crazy. Like my because my wife has known me for so long, and when she got married, or when we got married, she knew she kind of knew what she was signing up for. She knew that I was a dreamer and entrepreneur, and to say that it was still easy on the front end wasn't. And um, but she supported me in a way that um, at, at a later point in life, after I kept going back to jobs and trying different things and she looked at me one day, it was like, look, you're not happy and you're not successful and you hate waking up every day going there. And until you're happy, since you leave this house, um, we won't be successful. And so leave, figure it out, do something different because you need to be successful so that we can be happy and successful. And so um, having her ride with me for all that time and all those years, it's crazy. I mean, we're going on, um, this will be 16 years. Like I'm trying to think how old I am now. Uh, this will be 16 years. And so we got um, two about, or no, this will be 15. We got two set about to be 17 year olds, a three year old, a two year old. And so the first half of it where the kids were growing up with us. So I was on the road and we, we did all the things that she just rode for me. And now um, we're in this different transition where we're trying to build the business a little different so that I'm not, I don't have to be on the road anymore. I get more choices and more options. Right. And so, uh, man, it's, it's been crazy though, just to be able to be around them, you know, man, I love it. You talking about options, man. And I just love when life um, presents them. Uh, and I love it even more when we see the need to create them. You're talking about coming off the road, how has your business evolved in a way that you can actually do that? Because what you do best is on the road and uh, you're now leveraging those relationships in a way to do some things with your brand that makes sense on a production side. It's just not necessarily music. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man. The, the, part of it was being forced, right? Part of it was, you know, 2020 happened and there was no road anymore. It just closed up. And so it was, okay, how do I transition these skills to something that I can do from wherever? And so again, that's how I got into the live streaming space. That's how I reconnected with Monty, who connected us, right? Because 
I've known him since I was in high school, but you know, we hadn't really talked, but I saw he was on YouTube and so I hit him up. I was like, man, I know all this stuff. I know how to live stream and content. And so it put me in a space to start creating more content. It put me in a space to start coaching people on how to create content, how to make it better, the equipment, that kind of thing, which led backwards into me then now doing live events for these people that I was already doing uh, or virtual events for all the people that I was doing live events for because it was a skill that I had acquired along the way. And so it's allowed me to honestly produce some huge events from the house. Uh, you know, I wanted one of the events I did, I was telling Roz, but I had never even, I didn't even know who the company was. I'm just doing the event cause they sent in a check and she's like, uh, they're one of the biggest nonprofit companies out there. Like you don't even realize who you're working with. And I'm like, I just, I just do what I do, man. And it's putting me in a place to meet great people along the way to be able to coach them into a position, um, to succeed and to use their content in the production uh, to a higher level where now again when I started you know starting the Charlotte office we were talking and I think one of the funny things is though I went into it thinking like oh man I'm gonna get back to doing audio and live events and it's moving to a space where I'm not like I'm gonna be the business development guy I'm gonna be the guy out there making the connections and not having to actually get on the plane to go fly nowhere I'm just sending people now and it's though it wasn't what I thought it was it's interesting because it's what I need in this season so that I can expand the way I want to expand. I love it. I love it. If you guys are just tuning in, this is uh, We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. And uh, I'm excited to be featuring my guy, the guy that actually produces this podcast. It drops noon every Wednesday. Uh, We record it live on Clubhouse every Wednesday. And uh, Chris, you're the mastermind behind this. Um, Your ability to push people without pushing them is epic. You have a way, man, when you show up of just poking a bear. And when that happens, I think great things happen in the life of those people. Um, You are now traveling in a space where now uh, your accomplishments have led to the opportunity for you to be able to make some significant investments and to teach and train people on how to do that from a production standpoint, meaning creating almost something out of nothing. Uh, can you talk about that world? I know it's uh, it's new to most, uh, the whole crypto world and NFTs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, give us a little bit of insight as to where you are now with that. Yeah, man, for sure. One of those things was it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, that industry has been around for years, right? Crypto has been around for, I mean, 10, 11, 12 years. And what happened is I like, I like to try to stay on the technology side. I like to stay right on the, right on the edge of the wave, right? I don't want to be too early because then it's, you know, you, you don't get the same, you don't get the same uh, authority out of it. But if you come in right in the right spot. And so I have a heart for creators as I got into this space and I'm like, I want to help people that are living these everyday lives that are creating content for whatever they do, whether it's their coaching business, whether it's their mompreneur, whether they are just a stay at home mom that like, Hey, I just want to make money on the side. Like I'm good. We got money coming in. And I was like, hey, you know, you can monetize all of that. And so as as the kind of Web3 space started opening up with the you know metaverse and crypto and NFTs, I started to see how creators could monetize from that. And not just creators in the sense that you have to drop this NFT project, right? An artist who draws all the time or who can do the creative art. Hey, let me show you how to get with people that have a community like you coach, right? You have the community. I, I match you up with a with an artist that can do the artwork for you. We get a developer on the team to actually put the back end project together. And now everybody gets to eat. It's collaboration. And so it's not about me having to drop this one thing. And so um, that that's what's super important to me, being able to push people on the front end of something so that they can ride the wave out, man. 
boy. Listen, I know that you guys are listening to the podcast. You can't see it. But right now, my profile pic on Clubhouse uh, was gifted to me by a brother. His name is Phil Hill, whose brother is an artist. And uh, for my one-year anniversary here on Clubhouse, Chris, they put he put together, he had his brother, he commissioned his brother to draw a, a, a portrait that actually is made up of two different pictures, to be honest. Uh, I, originally, I did not wear headphones in this particular picture, but they merged to, drew it, and sent it to me as a, as a gift, as a happy anniversary gift. And I immediately thought to myself, you know what, this is going to become an NFT. At, at some point, we're going to make this an NFT, and I'm learning all the back-end stuff on what that looks like and how to leverage it um, properly. But that's an example of collaboration. I want to leave off right there. If we talk about collaboration, what would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned over the years and something you would love to leave people with uh, if you could create an indelible impression on how important uh, collaborating with people is? <laughs> um, man, self-awareness. And, and the reason I always go with self-awareness is because the only way that you can collaborate at your highest level is if you know who you are. And so what, what I know with who I am is I don't always have to talk and that's fine. And so I can get a room in a room with uh, somebody like you coach, right? You speak so well and you speak at a level that people, things move when you speak. Right. But what I know is that for you to speak at that level, you need the right mic. You need the right, you know, uh, equipment to make it record properly. You need to be in the right space. And so it's that I know my role is I don't I don't I'm not great at creating from scratch. And I always laugh because when I look at myself, I go, that's why I'm a good DJ is because I'm not a create from scratch person. I will remix it. I'm, I'm Diddy. You give me the first half. I'll give you the second half and make it better. And so self-awareness is that top key. Know your role in the in the line. And then do that to the best of its ability. And then find people that do the other stuff. And now your collaboration is, is 10 times better than it'll ever be. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my friend. His name's Chris Giles. He goes by the name of DJ Mastermind. He does all the things. Chris, this has been a pleasure, man. And I appreciate you for pulling up. Thank you for everything that you mean to me personally and to this audience, even when they don't even know it, brother. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, Coach, I, look, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you giving me a platform and um, bringing me on, man. Absolutely. Guys, if you have enjoyed this message on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, I want to encourage you to please uh, go ahead and download this uh, this podcast and, and share it out wherever you get your live streamed podcasts from. Uh, follow us, give us some comments in whatever area or arena that is. And the reason why is we're really, really trying to impact uh, particularly new entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders to think a little bit differently, to recognize that they can do it because it's been done and that there are a group of people out there that will help you along the way. At the end of the day, here's what I can promise you. You can't get to any place of significance by yourself. And it's because we all need some help. We'll see you guys next week again on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. 
Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.